Good morning, everyone. I, uh, I think the preaching roster might have been a little bit rigged, putting me up on a week where the topic is coaching. So I just have to get myself a little bit organised. Who knows what this is? All right, it is a weapon, and I love to use it. But I'm not talking about using my weapon today. I'm talking about prayer and coaching. So who can tell me what it is other than a weapon? I need a better answer than that. Jacob, hockey stick. Thank you, Jacob. I was relying on you. I saw you were there, and your family, which is awesome. So I do need to know who my friends are this morning. Got any goals players in the room? Oh, how about that? A bit of noise, that's excellent. A few ex-goals players too, me being one of them. But my last game was with goals men. So hockey, best sport in the world in my uh, totally unbiased opinion. I would have coached hockey for 20 plus years. In fact, I used to have a green cap like this which said goals 2000. Uh, I think 2000 was the first year that I actually um, coached one of the goals junior teams, which we should have a picture coming up of sometime soon. Um, so I've done a lot of coaching, love coaching, enjoy coaching. But for me, coaching wasn't so much about, in fact, it wasn't about winning premierships at all. In fact, I won very few of them. Um, coaching was about development of people and development of me. I learnt so much about strategy, process, leadership, people, how to interact with people, how to deal with people through coaching hockey for a number of years with the benefit of it was just fun. Loved it. Loved going down to training. Didn't worry me if it was cold and wet. Didn't worry me if it was warm. Loved it. So, so there was a lot of joy that I got out of it. This picture here, this is a team that, this was a real ragtag team. This was a team of nobodies. I was at a big club in Melbourne. All their good teams were filled. And there was all these players left over. And somebody came to me and said, why don't we put a team together and put them in a different grade and you know, at least they'll get a game. So we had underage players. We had kids playing up in this team, much higher grade. And they got to the grand final. And they came second. But the development of those players, and it was probably one of the most enjoyable seasons I had coaching a team. Because nobody wanted them. The team that they played in the grand final were beating everybody by 10 to 12 goals a game. The first time we played them, they beat us by six, and we thought, nah, that's pretty good. Second time we played them, they beat us by two. We met them in the grand final, and they didn't score. The only reason we lost that grand final, it went to strokes, we lost in strokes, but we had, a, we had a shot on goal come off the inside of the post. Inside of the post. Would have won the game. But they're champions. And it was a really enjoyable year. You know, have you ever noticed, we, this is the second series on prayer that we've done in about the last nine, 10 months. And our last series was on the Lord's Prayer. It's in Luke 11. It's a great model prayer. Most of us would be able to recite it and know it. 
The first verse of Luke 11, the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. Verses 2, 3 and 4 are the Lord's Prayer. Have you ever noticed that verse 5 says, then teaching them more about prayer. The Lord's Prayer is just a model. It's just one model. It's not the only way to pray. It's not the perfect model in that sense. It's a model. And Jesus then went on after explaining the Lord's Prayer and giving the Lord's Prayer to then teach them more about prayer. So there's a lot to learn about prayer. I grew up in a church where the way we did communion was there was always three people involved in communion. One person who gave an address, a bit like what Adam's just done. And then we had one person who would pray for the bread and one person who would pray for the cup. And that was a, a volunteer roster. And it was a pretty small church, so you know, when you've got three people involved every time you do communion, you, you go through everybody pretty quickly through the year. And uh, we, had, we had some awesome prayers in the church I grew up in. But the two I remember were two people who were so shy and so nervous about getting up and praying in front of people. One of them would, one of them would stutter and he would get a frog in his throat. And I knew him pretty well and he never got that talking to him you know, about the farm or anything like that. But every time he got up and prayed, he would, he would pray a few words and then <coughs> like this. And then he might pray a couple of sentences. <coughs> and you can imagine what we were like as kids. We were you know, seeing how, how long he'd get you know, before he'd have to clear his throat to keep going. And, and the other one was a really quiet, shy man. He was quiet of speech normally. And he would really struggle to pray. And pretty much every time he prayed, he would cry. Because communion and his relationship with God and being able to pray meant so much to him. So amongst all the expert prayers in our church, I couldn't tell you, you know, what they said. Couldn't tell you how they prayed or anything like that. But the two I remember are the two who would have been considered the least. And one of the things about these two people is they could have taken themselves off that roster any time. Nobody would have batted an eyelid. But year after year, they kept turning up and they kept praying and they kept bringing us to God through that communion time. So they were a great example to us. And, you know, we often talk about being a family. Well, today I would talk about it's being a team. And, you know, everybody on a team has a part to play. And we can learn from anybody. And one of the greatest joys is seeing people develop, is seeing people turn up. So as a child, obviously, I was brought up in a, in a Christian home. And pretty much every night, mum or dad, and dad's actually the one I remember, would put us to bed. And we would read a story, and we would pray. And I would pray. My prayers were long. I would pray for every cousin, and every aunt, and every uncle, and both my sets of grandparents. And I would sort of have this scripted routine that I would go through. And even I knew it was long. Probably nearly put dad to sleep at seeding time. 
um, going through that. And then I would pray for some friends and I would pray for some missionaries. And in preparing this message, one of the thoughts that I had in the sense of, you know, God wasn't bored with that prayer. It was the same prayer every night, night after night, for years. But God wasn't bored with it. Because what God saw was God saw a parent and a child praying. And what God saw was a habit forming and developing that would become very useful in later years. So God wasn't bored with the prayer. One of the things about God, which I'll touch on in a minute, one of the characteristics of God that we talk about is God is all-knowing. Which means when it comes to God teaching us about prayer and knowing what we need about prayer is God knows exactly what we need. God knows exactly how to coach us and teach us and lead us. Yeah, as a new Christian, having grown up in a Christian church or a Christian family and, a, and going to church every week, it was interesting as a new Christian that I was very confused when it came to prayer. And the first thing I was confused about was, who do I pray to? Do I pray to God? Can I say, dear God? Dear Jesus? Father? Father God was a favourite in our church as an expression to start prayer. Is it okay to pray, dear Holy Spirit? I'd never heard anybody refer to the Holy Spirit in prayer in all my years. So I was very confused and I was very uncertain as to would God listen to my prayers if I started them the wrong way? So let's bust some myths here for a moment this morning. It doesn't matter. You can pray, dear Jesus. You can pray, dear God, Father God, dear Lord. You can pray to the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter. What God wants is our prayers. It's interesting, the unwritten rules that we have in terms of prayer, isn't it? Yeah, and I was thinking about this in the sense that we often talk about prayer from a context of, you know, the Bible says pray always, and that verse has been up there, and we've, we've had that, and we've had that in this series. And, you know, we talk about prayer from, I guess, in a sense, the theology of prayer, and we're pretty comfortable in that space. But we don't often talk about what's going on in the head and our heart when it comes to prayer. We don't often talk about the questions that we have about prayer. We don't really get personal. It's very comfortable to talk about the verses of the Bible and that talk about prayer. Very comfortable. We can talk about the Lord's Prayer and preach messages on that and, and that sort of thing. But we don't often talk about what does prayer mean in our lives? What do we do as far as prayer goes? How do we pray? It's interesting in that context. We had a fantastic time of prayer at our elders' meeting on Thursday night. You know, one of the things that was fantastic about it, one of the things that was fantastic about it was some people prayed more than once. 
Because we have this unwritten rule that if we're in a group, you can only pray once. Where does it come from? Tradition? I don't know. Not in my Bible. Thou shalt only pray once in a prayer meeting. You know? Like... So let's bust that myth. You can pray as many times as you like. I was pretty excited in our life group a few weeks ago because somebody prayed twice. You know, it was earth-shattering. It shouldn't be earth-shattering, should it? So, you know, and then, you know, as I say, we had a great time of prayer. And then somebody said, oh, I was about to pray for that person, and you did. And I said, well, why didn't you? If God's put it on your heart to pray the same, for the same situation or the same person or whatever it might be that somebody else has prayed... Why aren't we prayed? Why aren't we led by the Spirit in that sense? And pray for the same thing that somebody else is. Because for some reason we seem to have this thing that, oh, if I pray for what Frank's prayed for, then I'm belittling Frank and I'm putting him down. I don't think Frank thinks that. I think Frank probably thinks, oh, great, Pete's on the same wavelength as me. We're together on this. You know, this is God at work. So let's bust that one too. You can pray for the same thing somebody else has prayed for. I don't know where I got it. But early on in my Christian life, I had this mentality that you couldn't write down a prayer because that was unspiritual. I don't know where I got that from. I'm sure I never heard a message on that. Somebody must have made a comment somewhere. I don't know. But some of the best prayers I've heard are prayers in this church where people have sat down probably days beforehand and written out their prayers and prayed about their prayers and thought about their prayers and brought some sensational prayers to us. It's great if you don't need to do that. That's fine. But can I just give you freedom and permission that it's okay to write out a prayer? It's okay to plan and prepare your prayers. There's nothing wrong in that at all, which comes in... This verse here in, in Romans and in um, John where Jesus talks about sending us the Holy Spirit. You know, as far as my Christian life goes, I just wanted to talk about a couple of examples very quickly, or a couple more examples because I've given you a couple, um, in terms of prayer. One is that and it's why I like that verse in Romans about the Spirit praying for us when we don't know what to pray. Because there have been many times in my life where I've been so down, so hurt, so broken, that all I've had is God. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what you're doing. Please pray for me. May your spirit intercede for me. Because your word tells me that the spirit knows what to pray when I don't know what to pray. One of the reasons I love living in the country is because I can go for a walk and I can, I can talk that prayer out loud. It doesn't work very well in the city. People think you're a bit strange and loopy if you're going down the, down the footpath talking out loud. But many times I'll go on a walk when I'm feeling like that. And I'll just talk to God out loud. And I'll say, God, this is, the, this is how I'm feeling. And I can be completely raw and completely honest with God in that space. 
and I let God and I let the Spirit intercede for me at those times. You know, I've been in one of those periods, not a feeling low or broken, but a feeling like I don't know what, where God is leading me in the last 12 months. And then I've had several walks where I've said to Judy when she's been on a walk with me and when we've walked together, um, or when I've just gone out on my own, God, I don't know what you're doing. But I know that you know what you're doing. And I know that you will lead me and are leading me. So there's freedom in our prayers. They don't always have to be lots of words. They don't always have to be great thoughts strung together to make a beautiful um, assignment that we could hand in and get graded. Sometimes it is just, God, I don't know what you're doing. And another one I wanted to talk about is one that this, has been an, this is an interesting one for me, so I hope it'll be interesting for you too. Because this is one where I've consciously seen God leading me, I guess, and, and working in me to trust him in my prayers. So obviously I can talk. I don't have a problem talking. Never have had. So... And it's not really a big thing for me to come up and speak in front of a group of people, whether it's presenting a report to a board or whatever. I don't mind doing that. Yeah, I get nervous, but I don't mind doing it. So God's been doing something interesting in my prayer life over, I would say, probably the last three or four years where God has actually been giving me the words in my prayers. Instead of me coming up with thoughts of this is what I'm going to pray and this is how I'm going to pray it, God's been actually leading my prayers through the Spirit. And it's been a gradual process of learning that and learning to understand that uh, maybe I'm being asked to pray for a certain situation and that I don't need to script that prayer because God wants to use my prayer and he doesn't want the words to be necessarily the words that I've crafted or scripted. So, and I hope I'm explaining that okay because it's very different for me. And a couple of examples of that, one was Adam's commissioning and that was one where I felt God wanted to use my prayer and so I only had a couple of thoughts in my head when I came up and prayed on that occasion. And the rest of that prayer was all God's leading. And I got a number of people came up to me afterwards and commented about that prayer. Well, I can tell you, that prayer was not me. That prayer was the Holy Spirit through me. And another one happened very recently when we had the missions night well, here for, um, with Esther Scarborough presenting. And Danny came up to me at the beginning of the night and said, oh, you're an elder, can you pray at the end of this? <laughs> and I said, what if I say no? <laughs> so kind of said yes. And the whole time I was listening to Esther, my mind was, what am I going to pray about at the end of this? And I had nothing. I couldn't put two thoughts together as to what to include in the prayer. And I got up at the end of the night and, and I stood up 
And I said to you know, everybody who was there, I said, Danny's asked me to pray. I don't actually know what I'm going to pray, but here goes. And I just started, and it just flowed. And I remembered every one of Peter and Esther's kids by name in that prayer. I remember praying up here for the staff team one time and muddling that all up. And this prayer just flowed. And it was an amazing experience. Because I would get through one thought and there'd be the next thought and there'd be the next. Until such point in time I thought, do you think I've been going for a while? I better stop. <laughs> so that's a, a type of prayer, if you like, that, that the Lord has been teaching me over a period of years to actually trust him and to trust the spirit to guide me and lead me in my prayers and in my prayer life. Now, you know, whether that's an exception or a norm, I don't know. But certainly, hopefully what you know, we've been able to do through this series of prayer is talk about our prayers being real, talk about them um, not being a show, talk about how they can bring our heart and our mind together. And Danny talked about moments. And I think one of those things to go back to when I was praying as a kid, one of the things that it taught me was that, you know, I can pray in any moment. So I hope the series on prayer has been um, worthwhile. And I hope through um, you know, Danny's or Adam's or Dominique's messages, that you've actually learnt something you didn't know beforehand. You've been able to take something away with you in the topic of prayer. So that's my time for this morning. So thank you very much. <laughs>